Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We are kicking off Drop the Subject right now, and I know the Monday Munch Report was yesterday, but I'm munching on some overnight oats right now <laughs> that Jarrett Hill has brought for me personally because we had a, lar- a rather lengthy discussion about overnight oats. I've we never did. heard of them, and uh, I thought it was a really, really crappy subscription service, but... <laughs> They are real, and you brought them for me, and they're very delicious. Thank you. What a way to start a show with a nice, brand new food that you've never tasted before. So delicious. Mm. Like, I'm, I mean, obviously, I made it, so I'm a little biased, but like, I'm not used to them, but I'm so happy about them. Like, oh my God, I'm going to eat this again tomorrow. Well, and you told me the ingredients, which if you're adding maple syrup, of course, anything, yeah. Like, if, if you had not added that, it would probably taste a lot different. Probably, yeah. So, overnight oats for me is. Um, old-fashioned oats, chia seeds, maple syrup. Um, I used raspberries, blueberries, and um, some yogurt-covered almonds. Mm. I mean, yogurt-covered uh, cranberries. Yeah. And then almond milk, and then just a, just a little bit of like a. What a nice, basically. sweet, tangy treat to start yeah. the, to, kick, to kick off the show. I feel jealous for you listener that you are not able to enjoy this but, I'll tweet out the recipe that I found yeah tweet out the recipe I also have to tweet out my least favorite things because we've uh, started doing our least favorite things list this week because we did our list of favorite things last week and uh, I don't know who's going next are you going next I'm up today I, I don't oh you are yeah okay did you was nose there goes. a nose goes that I <laughs> Ginger I Justin's not here <laughs> so but he's probably upstairs listening doing nose goes Emmy responded so quickly. I don't even think she knew what we were talking about. She just heard nose goes. She was like, not me. She was just like, I don't know. No, Won't be me. Uh, of course, we have all things impeachment updates for you throughout the show. We also have a new Thanksgiving song to give you. It's just the tip Tuesday. So we will be sharing with you. That's when we get to share life hacks, tips, trip, tricks, and advice for making your life a little better and easier. And this week, we will be focusing on everyday ways to cut back on your smartphone usage, which I think is a growing problem for many people. Or over-usage. More like over-usage. You were up late last night because inadvertently you had planned, and I, I, I hate it when I do that too. I'm like, alright, 10 o'clock, I'm going to bed, and then something gets in the way, and you're like, I really started out with good intentions I what know, happened here I did and like I was falling asleep on the couch before this so it was that kind of thing like where I was like oh I'm about to be toast pretty soon yeah. and so I was trying to go to bed and I don't even remember what triggered this this thought for me but I <laughs> um I was watching uh, a, a video of a concert and then I remembered the, my very first concert ever was Janet Jackson. She had the All For You tour when I was in high school. And so... She I, was my second tape that I ever bought. Yeah, okay. First was Michael Jackson, second was Janet Jackson. Well, this started because my best friends and I, two of my best friends, I have four best friends, two of us, uh, two of them were on the phone with me this weekend and we were talking about who has more iconic videos, Janet or Michael. And there was this whole debate, there's a spreadsheet involved, like a whole thing. <laughs> And so um, I'm serious about the spreadsheet. So I don't doubt you. Right. I never doubted you for With, a minute. That within a moments of like the question, I had a spreadsheet and had been shared to the team. So um, we went. What through, have you determined? We determined for us that Janet has more <gasps> iconic videos than Michael, which is controversial. But like, if we do it by the numbers, it just works that way. Interesting. Yeah. So um, we. That is the biggest spreadsheet. I, they told me I should be. I should fill it out because it's every video that they've had, oh and we all voted. Oh my god! You have to share. 
share that. I'm going to share it. They were like, um, that is like some. They were telling me I should tweet it out. Source code crap right there. <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, intensive. So we, um, anyway, so Janet Jackson's been front of mind for me. And so I remembered that my favorite concert ever was her All For You tour because it was my first one, but they did like a live in Hawaii on HBO. And I was trying to find it on Amazon Prime because it was on there before and I couldn't find it on HBO. Like I couldn't find it anywhere. And I was like, I wonder if it's on YouTube. So I looked on YouTube and I found it. Yeah, you can find a lot of live concerts on YouTube. Yeah, but it's two hours long. <laughs> it was 1030. And like Good once for you, it, Janet. Once Giving it started, the people a two-hour concert. Right. Once the thing started, I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I watched like the first hour and 10 minutes or so in my living room. And then I got in bed, turned YouTube on on my TV and like kept going. You just watched the whole thing. Right. But the end of it, she sings a song together again. Um, and I don't know why, but like every it's the last song of the night. And she's like, first of all, Janet Jackson is so hot in this in this concert. Yeah. She has on at the end these like tight jeans and this like crop top white shirt and her hair is wet and curly. And I'm just like, I could go straight for Janet really? Jackson in the 2000s. I was going to ask yeah. you. So you think that you would, so you would hit sexy. it? So sexy. Oh my gosh. Like her body just looks crazy in that. So she gets out there and she starts singing that last song. And every time I've ever watched this concert, once she starts singing together again, I get a little bit sad because I'm like, oh my God, this is over. And I've never watched this concert and only watched that song once. I always rewind it like three or four times. Six times in last night, no. I'm watching together again. It's like, oh my God, it is 145 or whatever. Like, I have have to go to bed and so i'm up watching it and like getting emotional and i texted my best friends oh my god I, I probably shouldn't tell you guys this did you make another spreadsheet no no i texted my best friends last night i said together together again mind you this is this is at one o'clock last night together again still makes me sad at the end I don't think I ever watched this last song less than four times. I always rewind it again and again. I think I'm on my fourth or fifth right now. When I'm dead, I want this version of this song played at the, as the service ends. Everyone can walk out to this song. Wait, okay, so it's playing as the service ends. Yes. Do you, do they also need to play it three to four times? Um. Yes. So everyone just leaves and then comes back. Yes. And leaves and then comes back. Exactly. And leaves. Exactly. Whatever it takes. I just want it to play. And like I was just like, oh, the nostalgia of this is so great. And it made mm. me wonder, like... Do you have something that is like super nostalgic that every time you watch it, it just feels like so comfortable and at yeah, home for you? Yeah, you know, the only things that that make me not fall asleep because I want to keep watching are shows that were so invigorating the first time around. Like mm -hmm. the L word was something that as soon as one episode ended, I needed to watch the next one. Oh, it okay. just had that kind of forward momentum to it. Uh -huh. Not that that's like my favorite show of all time or anything, but if someone were to put on an L episode of the L word, I would probably be in for at least a few hours. You wouldn't be going anywhere. No, I wouldn't be going anywhere. And then Are You Afraid of the Dark when that came out? Mm. That was something that I was like, oh my God, I used to watch this show all the time. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight uh, Society. And it was so bad but so worth the watch <laughs> well, <if you laughs> and guys, so are we if you All have right? anything that is nostalgic that you just absolutely love and if it comes on you cannot let it go uh, you can give us a call our number is 833-77-CALL-Q yeah or tweet at us yes tweet it at us or hit us in our DMs we've got to take a quick break when we come back updates on the impeachment hearings that are going on right now drop the subject returns after this drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel Q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Very eventful day again. Yes. In Congress. Mm -hmm. Two people testifying right now. Two people on deck, right? Yes. Right Jennifer now. Williams, 
Mm-hmm. I'm doing I'm doing this myself. Oh, I'm I'm looking at you like okay. Jennifer Williams, the yes. aide to the vice president. Correct. Okay. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. I, I thought you were gonna have it in the brain there, but you looked okay. down. It's good. Okay. It's still okay. good. Still good. Uh, hold on. National Security Council aide. Yes. Who specifically went over some of the transcript from the phone call. Yes. Was not on the phone call. Correct. But did look at some of the transcript and knew about it getting changed over to a different server. Correct. Okay. There was also a specific word that was mentioned in the transcript that that he thought was very important that they took out. Mm-hmm. And that word, be Burisma. Burisma. Yes. So both uh, both uh, the folks that are testifying this morning, Jennifer Williams and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, um, noted uh, more more importantly, I think, was Jennifer Williams saying like she took contemporary contemporaneous notes basically um, while she was on the call she was taking notes and she wrote down Burisma Burisma is the company that uh, Hunter Biden was on the board of that you know has kind of was kind of part of what sparked all this right Um, President Trump wanted the Ukrainians to look into Hunter Biden's involvement with Burisma and what he was doing and um, whether or not Joe Biden used his role as vice president to you know kind of impact um, things with Burisma the the word Burisma never appears in the transcript that was released from the White House. We should always remember that it says on the document this is a partial transcript, that mm-hmm. it's not a complete, you know, word for word, word transcript. So there are some folks that refer to it as a memo, not as a transcript, right. because transcript kind of has the the undertone or overtone, really, that it is this is what everything that was said. That is not the case. And and Jennifer Williams says in her in her original deposition, I wrote down or she she said after her deposition that I wrote down the word Burisma because it came up and it did not appear in the testimony. Because it was a specific mention, because of course everyone's talking about this quid pro quo or mentioning, hey, will you look into this whole situation with Hunter Biden? Then to mention that company specifically is significant. Mm-hmm. And that would potentially paint the White House in a bad light. Well, so they took it out. But then it's weird because Vindman was, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman was kind of saying like, yeah, I didn't think that it was nefarious that they took it out. And I was like, why? (laughs) Well, he said that he said that he'd gone back and 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 made sure to say like, oh, make sure to include this. And they, you know, that was his um, advisement with the transcript and they did not include it. Um, They they made the decision not to, Um, which was interesting. But we also um, we we have a a clip, actually. Let's do the Devin Nunez clip. Um, Devin Nunez was asking questions of uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. and it kind of uh, took a turn. As you know, the intelligence community has 17 different agencies. Uh, What agency was this individual from? If I could interject here, we don't want to use these proceedings. It's our time. I know, but we need to protect the whistleblower. Um, If, please stop. I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Um, if the witness has a good faith belief that this may reveal the identity of the whistleblower, uh, that is not the purpose that we are here for. And I want to advise uh, the witness accordingly. So this is something that continually happens each time there's a hearing, each time there's a conversation about what's going on as far as impeachment um, hearings. There's always this conversation about, well, who is the whistleblower? Well, who is the whistleblower? Well, who's the whistleblower? I'm almost getting to the point where I'm hoping that the whistleblower will just out themselves because 
there's literally so they have nothing else to exactly to poke at because it doesn't matter who the whistleblower is. If if I were the whistleblower or if Melania Trump was the whistleblower, it wouldn't make a difference because we have this preponderance of evidence, this overwhelming mountain of things that have come out about it since the whistleblower's account. Well, it's just so interesting to watch this stuff. I actually did find it really interesting listening this morning because you know everyone's got their they have five minutes right. Everyone's mm-hmm. asking five minutes worth of questions, and then Devin Nunez starts talking and he starts asking. Okay, well, did you talk to any press about this call? No. Are you sure you didn't talk to any press about this call? No. Did you, or anyone you know, did you talk to anybody who may have, well, who did you talk to? Who specifically? And then Adam Schiff had yeah. to step in and be like, you're trying to, to out the whistleblower because like, Jim right Jordan, now. Jim Jordan has been trying to out the whistleblower as well. And like, they continually try to do this. And I, I think what is interesting here is like their whole argument about some of the other witnesses was like, well, this person wasn't on the call. Well, what difference does it make? And blah, 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 blah. You don't even know what you're talking about. But the whistleblower wasn't on the call either. Right. right? The whistleblower had second or third hand information that turned out to be true. So um, we will continue to update you each hour on things happening in Congress today with the impeachment inquiry. Um, There are going to be two more folks that will be testifying a little bit later on today. So we'll have updates on that as well. When we come back or drop the subject, don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared. That's Allie. We are about to get into our Tuesday staple that we call Just the Tip. Just the Tip Tuesday. That's right. Just the Tip Tuesday. We just go a little bit in, you know, on some of the tips and tricks that can make your life a little bit better. And this week is one that I would say is relatable to most people. Uh, You know, I constantly hear friends and family saying, I got to get off my phone. I got to get off my phone more. My screen time is up. Uh, I just can't stop checking it. I feel naked without my phone. Well, there are 13 everyday ways to cut back on your smartphone usage, according to a clinical psychologist who wrote this article and his name is Joshua Klau. That is not his name. It is. His name is Joshua Klapau. Joshua Klapau. The way you <laughs> it's just like, how great would it be for your last name to be a Batman sound I was going to say, it's for, totally from Batman. Yeah. It's amazing. Klapow! Joshua Klapow! Well, the first thing on the list from uh, Dr. Klapow <laughs> is to take stock of your screen time. Um, I don't know if you ever do this, but I have an alert that comes up yeah. uh, from screen time on my phone every week. And it says like, oh, you're up or down, whatever. Um, but it also is like in my notifications every day. And I just discovered this actually yesterday that it will tell me how much I've been on the phone today. And oh no, but that's another notification. It is an, I've already been on my phone 2 hours and 25 minutes today. Um and it's only 10:41 here. That's <laughs> so, ridiculous. But have you been on your phone? What is your average screen time? Let me just start with um, that. I think per it week. puts me at like 8 hours a day. Whoa. Yeah, 8 and a half hours something like that. A day? Yeah. Well, because like I spend so much time in bed in the morning reading stories or sending in headlines to you guys for the show. And then I'm uh, on Instagram or, you know, I'm reading stories. Like mm-hmm. I'll read new stories on my phone. Um, and yeah. Mine is usually somewhere in the four to five hour range. But if I, now that I've, I've been doing the crowdfunding campaign, Butch Pal for the Straight Gal, uh, more information at ButchPalSeries.com. If, you if you're interested in supporting the campaign. No, but I'm on my phone more because 
I'm posting more and I have to be checking and, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping everyone updated on social media and sending out emails and that kind of thing. So I've been on my phone more than I usually am, but usually I've got, you know, somewhere between four and five hours a day on the phone. But that is the first thing. So take stock of your screen time and uh, research suggests that people spend an average of at least three hours on their smartphones each day. If you think these numbers don't apply to you, it's a simple thing to just check. And, uh, you know, this If you're a superior person with an iPhone, you can use the screen time. Yeah. um, If you're Chris Contreras or one of those other people. I guess you just won't. You'll just be guessing. I guess you'll be in the dark forever. It's fine. Um, I mean, you've already made that choice. Just so go through your fine. really cool pictures. Um, do a notification cleanse is the second one. I think this is actually really, really smart because there are plenty of notifications that pop up on my screen every day that, uh, yeah, that I you completely don't... ignore. Me too. Completely ignore Like them. everything from Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> Like, you could probably just turn them off, Yeah, right? I so should. I definitely could use a notification cleanse, because I have a thing that pops up from, I have this app that, like, gives me, like, an inspirational thing every day at 3.55. Haven't clicked on it, and I've clicked on it once in, like, the last year. I don't need that to pop up every day at 3.55. Ah, you know but what I mean? at one point you were using it. I, I used it for, like, a couple of weeks, and then I keep it on there so that I can feel like I'm doing something good, but, like, realistically, I'm not doing anything with it, so I could get rid of that. That's interesting. My, my wife just started doing this thing where three times a day she'll set an alarm telling her to breathe and check in with herself mm. but I don't know how much she uses it and how much she's like I, like at one point she was really stressed at work and then it was like breathe take stock of your life and yeah. she was like get out of my face yeah. but it's good <laughs> if it works then yeah. it's useful right so so fine, uh, well, I think we can do one more before we have to take a little break put your phone in grayscale mode which I don't even know if iPhones do that I mean, I'm sure they do because they're iPhones, but so the phone won't be so exciting because it'll be only in gray. That's actually a really interesting thing because all of the all of the different notifications come with different like colors, and you can see what the app is. But if they were all kind of the same color, they all kind of gloss over. I actually think that's an interesting one. So Pleasantville, your phone, everyone. Yeah, they say turn the color off on your screen. It instantly makes the phone a lot less appealing. They say you're um, (laughs) not going to be intrigued by what you see on the screen and um and and what you're scrolling through. And he actually makes a good point he says um, most things about smartphones are meant to draw you in and keep you engaged that includes how they look many people have found that switching their phones into grayscale mode tempers the temptation to check them I think that makes sense yeah and you know what colorblind people have been in grayscale mode this whole time oh like ginger dust I wonder how what their screen usage is like (laughs) Uh, some some more information about your apps and your vibrations and where to keep your phone those are all coming up next for just the tip Tuesday it continues drop the sub We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I just wanted to let you know that entire time I did not look at my phone once because I am taking some of these tips for just the Tip Tuesday. That's what we're about on Drop the Subject. I think I looked at it about three times. (laughs) Well, this is uh, where we're talking about the 13 everyday ways you can cut back on your smartphone usage. I should tell you that uh, Chris Contreras, you know, one of those Android people, did tweet us um, very upset you know how they get uh, um about <laughs> there's such snowflakes aren't <laughs> oh they? my god am i right um saying that the android users indeed don't have screen time uh i'm kidding they do. <laughs> uh he, that they do have a screen time something that helps them know whatever they're doing on their Androids. sure yeah to tell them they've been spending too much time with android i don't think i'd ever be able to find that button on the android phone yeah uh all right well we've already gone over a few things like taking stock of your screen time which chris Contreras had opinions about doing a notification cleanse, putting your phone in grayscale mode.
mode. And now we get to rearranging your apps. And this is actually something I did recently. Another way to take power over the visual allure of your phone is to do a little bit of rearranging. It says to limit what is on your home screen and hide any tempting apps inside of folders so that you're not seeing, you know, for example, fantasy football. I look on my phone and I'm like, oh, what's going on with that? I should probably look at this and make some decisions. Uh, that can be hidden on a different page or hidden within a folder so that you're not so tempted. Mm, that's pretty good. Uh, vibrators. Okay. Don't use them. Okay. You know. <laughs> Vibration mode is a productivity killer, according to Klapow, who wrote this article. <laughs> People think that they're doing the right thing by putting their phones face down and turning the sound off. But what happens when it vibrates? Hmm, bothers you anyway. So I guess their solution here is to put it on silent and just check your phone when you want to. So since um, being back on air like every day, my phone is very rarely ever on ringer. Like I will sometimes turn it on in the morning so I can hear like the Uber alert or something like that. But generally my phone is all the the sound is always off. And I feel like I rarely even feel the vibrator, the vibrator on it. No, you have. Yeah, um, that's right. And, and so it's kind of it's interesting. Like the sound of my phone always kind of jars me now. I I kind of hate the sound of my phone ringing. I don't think a lot of people use sound on their phones anymore. And you know when you can tell they do is when you hear them texting, and it's like. I, it's funny because the clicking of the the texting sound. I enjoy it when I'm doing it. Hate it if anyone else yeah, is doing it. Yeah. All right, keeping your phone out of sight. This is one that we've heard many times before. You know, you get your phone away from you. Don't have it in your pocket or around you all the time, blah, blah, blah. Then there's the other one, buy an alarm clock, which I feel like I hear, see on all of these lists as far as how to sleep better and how to get feel more productive during the day. Apparently, whoever manufactures alarm clocks has got something to do with these articles or is just going to be really happy about the uptick in alarm clock sales. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention before you moved out of, of uh, keep your phone out of sight, and he's, um, there's a quote in here from uh, another one of the uh, one of the experts saying, if you actually want to have intimacy and connection with people or oh. get any sort of work done, your phone cannot be within sight or earshot, which I think is really true. Um, whenever I'm in, um, if, I, if I'm on a date, I always put my phone on Do Not Disturb and I, I put it away so I don't, I'm not looking at it. But also, like if you're just having a conversation with someone and you haven't seen them in a long time, you really want, like not being able to even see your phone, really helpful. Yeah, I definitely try and finish up. Like if I'm sitting down f- to meet somebody, I'll be like, okay, one second, send anything else that I need to do, put it away. Yeah. And then, you know, involve myself in the conversation. Making your bedroom a phone-free zone, that's another thing that can be a helpful tactic. They say find accountability partners. Yeah. That's interesting. So I guess with any addiction, you want to make sure you're being held accountable. So you have a support system around you saying, hey, don't let me look at my phone for the next 20 minutes or whatever it is. They say stop trying to multitask. This is where I run into trouble. Yeah? Yeah. How because so? Well, just because I, I'm i trying to, like, for example, I have my computer open. I have probably 17 million tabs open right now. And then if I want to look up something on my Gmail, maybe I don't want to click over on that. I want to copy and paste or I want to look at something on my Gmail on this. So mm-hmm. I'm like looking at multiple screens, but I'm really just looking at all of the same things. I, and I think that I'm being more productive, but I'm probably not. Advertisers love that. Like that you're on multiple screens at a time. When I was an intern at CNN a million years ago, we had this really interesting data that came in that said 
um, half of CNN viewers are also looking at a second screen. So like they're watching the TV yes. and they're at a laptop or on their computer. And it was like, oh, this is amazing for advertisers because we can say like people can engage your stuff. And now I'm thinking like, I feel like we're on multiple screens at one time. It's not just like a TV and a computer because I'm often on my phone and on my computer at the same time. And while the TV's while going the TV's on or yeah. the radio was something like, yeah. So well, the radio, hey, the radio is great. Well, of course. Always have that on. Uh, a few more here. I know we got to go. Uh, designing phone-free time or designating phone-free times. So Phone-free time, I think, is great. My phone goes into Do Not Disturb every night at 10, 10.30. I started doing that, too, because you told me to do that. That's really it's helpful. It's great, right? Yeah. Uh, focus on other activities and hobbies. <laughs> what? Which like, ones? What like Netflix? Exactly, right. Uh, understand that it is supposed to tempt you. So I guess That's understanding a, the power that it has over you. That is such half the battle. important point, because, um, and we talked about this earlier with the notifications, when you are, when if you think about it, everything that your phone does is meant to get your attention. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is doing its job and I'm like succumbing to it every single yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So, so turning having... off notifications and all that kind of stuff is really important. For sure. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, news it or lose it. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Subject. It is time for democracy touring once again. Um, even no matter what's going on in Congress. Yeah. Um, Allie's got five headlines. I've got five votes. We'll see how many stories the people get. We'll see how uh, Jarrett's voice does during all of this. I know. What is happening to me today? I don't know. <clears throat> Did you say it was breathing related? It is a breath related thing. Yeah. It's a longer story, but yeah, I need to. I need to breathe better. Is what it what it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we can get some oxygen for you if you need it. <laughs> Headline number one: Jeopardy contestants simultaneously fail to guess possibly the most recognizable actor in all of Hollywood. Oh, Jesus. I hope this is not a black person because I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it's not. Okay. Headline number two: Bars in Italy are starting to use pasta straws to reduce plastic waste. Oh, right. I'm into it. Okay. Headline number three: Weed at the office Christmas party. Seems to be a growing trend. What could go wrong? Right? Headline number four. Speaking of work, napping should be allowed at work, according to researchers. (laughs) And then finally, Lizzo is being sued by the Postmates driver she accused of stealing her food. Oh, go home. Lose it. (laughs) I'm so tired of that Postmates story. Like, leave Lizzo alone. Leave Lizzo alone. You're going to sue her now? That's a bummer because producer Emmy found some great British news news audio for it. But that's okay. That's the decision you're making. Oh, don't try and talk me into it I'm not going to. We have four stories coming your way. Jeopardy. Bars in Italy using pasta straws. Weed at office Christmas parties. Napping at work. All of that is so smart. It's great. So much better than paper. We'll we'll, we'll get into all that when we get back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Allie, we're back. We, I don't know what's happened in the last like week or two, but like both of you and I will start talking and realizing like, oh, mics aren't hot yet. Yeah, we're just talking. And you like to, you, every time you do it, it makes me nervous because you'll be like, F bomb, F bomb, F bomb, F bomb, F bomb. It makes me so nervous. Exactly. So fun. All right. 
News it or lose it has begun. Let's start with let's start with some pasta straws, shall we? And then we'll move over into Jeopardy territory so, and how nobody could recognize probably one of the most recognizable actors ever. I um, when you said pasta straws, I was like, oh, that's really smart because dry pasta is, is really hard. But then I was thinking like. The longer it sits in water, though, it is going to start to get soft. Yes, but not as soft as paper does. Not as quickly. Okay. So bars in Italy are starting to use pasta straws to reduce plastic waste. And there's this type of pasta, I believe it's called bucatini, and it has a tubular shape. Tubular. It's got a nice thick hole in the middle of it. It's long. And it's shaped like a regular tube, like a straw. Mm-hmm. So, in a picture posted on Reddit, uh, show, it showed po- this pasta being used as a straw in a drink at some of the bars in Italy. And it's an initiative. It's an initiative to reduce single-use plastic waste. The post generated just under seventy-seven thousand upvotes thus far. Uh, taking it a step further, a UK company by the name of Strudels. Already sell pasta straws that apparently last up to an hour in a cold drink. Really? And they're tasteless, and they can be composted after use. Why are we not using more food as straws? I think that's brilliant. We've all realized that it's a good thing. Have you ever had one of those little uh, wafers as a straw? Um, They're called pirouettes, and they're fantastic. That's a great straw. I mean, I think we need to start going to the well of tube-shaped foods before we start going to paper. No, I think that the pasta straw, I'm 150% here for it. Um, it'd be very cool to have those. I don't know how cost effective it is. It's probably pretty cheap because pasta is not expensive Pasta's, to, to yeah, make. Yeah. It's, so, it's so cheap. It's probably cheaper than glass straws, which is what they're also trying to make. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I'm so, into it. Uh, Strudels is not a straw company, and there is a much bigger picture, as I feel I can leave a, uh, oh, this is a quote from them, as I feel I can leave a long-term impact by creating a ripple effect by triggering many small changes all across the world. So, this could spread into the in, into the United States very soon. I mean, if we're, if we're seeing something in Italy that's working well and it's delicious, or maybe if it does stay, stay completely hard after an hour, you could just take it out and collect them and then make a nice bowl of pasta. They probably need to talk to their doctor about that. Okay, yeah. what's next? All right. <laughs> so on Jeopardy, Jeopardy last night, there was this specific question asked to all three Jeopardy, well, three of the Jeopardy contestants somehow failed to guess what the answer was here. Take a listen. In a beautiful day in the neighborhood, beloved children's TV show host, Mr. Rogers, is played by this beloved actor. Oh my God. The film opens Friday. That's Tom Hanks. Not quickly enough, Beverly. Sorry. Picking what? And they showed the video. With Tom Hanks in it? Yes. So they had Tom Hanks's face on the couch, dressed as Mr. Rogers, putting the shoes on and all oh that stuff. God. And none of them could guess who it was. It's funny because when I saw the first trailer for this, now it feels like a couple of months ago at least, I remember thinking like, is there a more perfect piece of casting than Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers? Perfect. It's so He's perfect. already the Mr. Rogers of Hollywood. Exactly. All right, we're going to talk about weed at your office Christmas party, and if you should be allowed to nap at work, which researchers are saying should be a thing, all that. I feel like those two stories really intertwine. Yes, they do. We're about to make this office space a lot better when we get back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Allie is reading her stories right now and just gave me a, hmm, this is interesting. This is just really interesting. What you got? Well, it's about our office Christmas party. 
I, I you've gotten the invite now. Yes? I did see the invite this morning. Yes. Uh, I unfortunately will not be able to attend, which I'm now really bummed about because I wonder if our company will be a part of this growing trend where there will be bud tender bars at the office Christmas party. There is a company by the name of... Bud tender bars? Well, they're called Canavars, actually. And there is a, a company who uh, who basically like does these at events. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like if you want to have a, a, a can of bar at your event, this you reach out to this company and most of their business they say are weddings. A lot of mm. there's a big uptick in people having can of bars at at weddings. And of course you have a regular bar, but then more and more people, especially now that it's recreationally legal in a lot of states, why not have a can of bar as well and people can, you know, pick up a little cocktail that has weed infused into it or you can buy some actual leaf, you can get some joints and smoke them on the on the event site, things like that. Right. So they said this company said that about eighty five percent of our business right now is still focused on weddings, but we are definitely picking up more regular corporate events. That's so interesting. Weed bars change the vibe of a company party. Well, yeah, you yes, believe it. I could have told you that. The longer the party, the, the more it changes. So if you want to pass the duchy to your co-workers during the office Christmas party. This could be a possibility. People will see their co-workers smoking and say, oh, you... Oh, wow. Who said this? Oh, you're a homie? No. Uh, we should hang out. That's a good outside. time for me to go. That's a, that's a good time for Jared to check out. Yeah. Uh, we say it all the time. Cannabis is a common denominator across all demographics. East Coast, West Coast, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, they said that you can basically the companies will w- w- who would book they would buy their own weed and then they would hand it over to the bud tenders who would then serve it. You could do a flower package which would cost seven fifty per guest over the age of twenty one, and uh, they also have a beverage option that's twelve fifty ahead and includes mocktails that can be infused with microdoses of THC. Every bud tender comes armed with an overconsumption kit filled with homeopathic remedies in wow. case anyone takes a puff and starts getting crazy. <laughs> I love this. I I mean, if we had those, if, if the, as long as we had the overconsumption kit, because that's the only thing that would freak me out. Yeah. Is I don't want to be the person who's like, oh my God, you're, there's spaghetti flying out of your face. Well, Not that so, that would happen to me. If Maybe if on an edible or something, yeah. but... So I will say um, at the Weekend Survive concert, um, one of the people there with us had gummy bears, but we didn't know how much stuff was um, in said gummy bear. Mm-hmm. And said gummy bear was stronger. It was such a mighty little strong, bear. Very strong. Very, very strong. Strong enough to where I, I walked, uh, I, I left the, the concert and I walked down, you know, Hollywood Boulevard uh, to get a good distance away from the, uh, from the, from the 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 Hollywood Bowl, so that I could meet an Uber because it's a little bit crazy over by the bowl. And I remember, I it, the edible had me good enough to where I was not really clear if things were actually happening or if I was remembering things that didn't actually happen. Like, right. I met someone on the street and I was like, wait, did that actually happen or not? Yes. Yeah, that happened how- to my friend. My friend was at a bar. He had taken an edible. He had a whole conversation because he's a single guy. He yeah. started talking to this girl. He was chatting her up. And then late, he got her number and all this stuff. He was so excited. And then later on in the night, he was home at, by himself and he was like, did that happen? Yeah. Did I and imagine I feel, that I entire com- person? Well, like I, I 
it was interesting doing it at a concert because I usually only have even tried edibles at home. So like doing it out in public and it's like yeah, that can super be nerve loud music yeah. and marshmallows, like yeah. music, you know, that kind of stuff. It was, and you're it like, was does he have a normal head? And exactly. I'm just seeing a marshmallow <laughs> exactly. head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm about to make work even better again because some researchers are saying that sleeping at work, even though it's been long frowned upon, it has uh, never really been explicitly banned until now. Oh, the, what? It says that... All, uh, hold on a second. Oh, this is, has to do with the government. I'm sorry. This is the U.S. government says sleeping in the office is a no-go, but experts say it's time that they reconsider. Okay, got it. So the U.S. government has, a for- has uh, officially said no, there is no napping at work. Of course, we all know this famous Ruth Bader Ginsburg picture of her completely passed out during uh, one of the one of Obama's speeches. That was my my grandmother in church one day during prayer. Really? Like opened our eyes and like she never lifted her head up. Yeah, but this company or this uh, researcher says that all sleep deprivation, you know, sleep deprivation can take a big toll on people's health so getting them you know a little 20 minute nap at work can actually be really beneficial shouldn't be as frowned upon as it is now it should definitely it could definitely improve productivity for sure good luck finding a place to sleep around here because there's not a desk unused and there's not an under the desk unused but there is a good little couch over in the uh in the green room and then upstairs in the garden room Mm. we'll take a break more coming up drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ali, we've got some feedback uh, on the social medias to let people know about. Um, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DTS Show um, to kind of keep up with what's going on on the show and uh, all the different things we've been talking about. Um, we've got a tweet um, earlier today. I was talking about having listened to Janet Jackson or watched Janet Jackson's uh, Janet Live in Hawaii concert from back in the day it was in 2002 but that was my first concert that I'd ever gone to when she came to California which I will say I'm probably gonna watch that it's so good so um, I was also saying like she looks really hot at the end of the show like she's got on this crop top and these jeans her body is like ridiculous she made the flower crown look good too before the flower crown crown she's wearing two different lays it's just it's fantastic and I was like she is so hot like I would totally have gone straight for 2002 Janet Jackson and so um, Tweet says this is the last this is at least the second girl that Jared has said he'd go straight for on the air. I can't recall who, but I think Allie has said at least one guy as well, which gives me an idea. Can we get a list of the people you guys would go straight for? I will say the first person that I said that about on the show was probably Shay Mitchell. I always I had this hashtag on Instagram. Oh for a while yeah, that's right. Called, she just had a baby. Uh, did, I don't want to know that. Um, I <laughs> love her. I don't know. Um, but I, Ugh, I had a hashtag mind. saying I would go gay for Shay. Um, so yeah, we should work for. Uh, we should work on a list of like the straight people we'd go gay f- we'd we'd go straight for. But we're already doing our least favorite things list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We should do that. You're right. Another thing that we put up on social media last week, and we haven't gotten to uh, update you on this yet. You know, last week, I think we were doing Giga Cray Cray, and we were saying, hey, the stakes on these games are pretty low. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like we c- can, I, I mean, I, Jared, I have nothing to give you if you win or lose a game. Generally, yeah. Uh, you already have a Channel Q t-shirt. There's really nothing else I mean, beyond that. We've, we've definitely reached the pinnacle when I got the shirt, finally. I have a, a Splenda packet right here. I mean, I will need that tomorrow morning okay. for my overnight <laughs> right. oats. So we were thinking, hey, you know what, what? What can we do to actually up the stakes for the games here? Of course, you can always play a game with us if you give us a call, 8337-CALL-Q. But, you know, when we're just playing amongst the show, what what should we do? And we put a few options out there and we had you vote because that's what we love doing on this show. I will say... I 
put this out as a joke, right? Like, oh, yeah. this, some of these would be funny. But now I looked at the results and I'm like, we have to honor th- what the people have voted because... It's a, it's a little extreme, Allie. Okay, well, let's, <laughs> let me just go over these options. Number one was buy everyone Popeyes. Number two was eat a bug smoothie, which we still have those honey mustard crickets. I, I would not like to do that. And number three option was you prank the boss... Which we already had an idea of what we wanted to do to prank our boss, which right. we'll probably end up doing anyways. And then finally, the fourth option was get fired. That was a suggestion by Ginger Justin. Which, I mean, funny, but like, okay, a lot, yeah. obviously. But And uh, that was the clear winner. So, um, I mean... <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is, and we did get a, another message that says, looks like you guys are going to have to stop playing games, otherwise there won't be anyone left to go on the air. I mean, there's uh, that. I will say, though... We are big on voting here, I mean, and yes. I don't want to disappoint the people. You know, I do because a- you are a big fan of democracy, and that's what the people have voted. So sure. I say, and I I know that I might be vetoed here. The next game we do, we should play with those stakes. I'm serious. Uh, uh, sure, Alec. The uh, person who loses the next game will be fired. Uh, okay, what do you mean? They're going to have to leave. This is something that the people have voted for. They want to hear something exciting a, on live radio. Allie, we have a very small team to play a game. Okay, like that. that's that's true. But there, we're just going to have to make of us, Two of us are on the show. And the I'm air. just saying, by by the rules, if I lose, I'm gone. Uh, okay. Okay. So we're all, all right. on the chopping block. Here. Well, moving on. Um, we've got a Thanksgiving song. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that in the meeting tomorrow. All right, about okay. It. Um, We've got a Thanksgiving song that's going to come up uh, in a little bit. Um, I'm really excited about this one. We've got a an R&B jam mm-hmm. that is kind of about Thanksgiving. Sort of. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving adjacent. It's Thanksgiving, Z. But we've been talking about nostalgia. Yeah. This is definitely a good nostalgic song. I will say it has food in the name, so I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. We've so. got that coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Allie, Jarrett, we are um, we're getting into this Thanksgiving music. We've been, you know, taking you through all of the music because at Drop the Subject, we believe Thanksgiving music matters. We do. We think it's important. You know, that everyone highlights Thanks- or, uh, Christmas music. I, th- I don't personally even love Christmas music that much. I know there are people out there who want to listen to it all year long, but there are some good Thanksgiving songs. Uh, some of some of which we have been highlighting here on the twelve days of Thanksgiving. I enjoy a solid month, maybe, of Christmas music. Like, there's always like one day in the middle of like May, June, July, where I'm like, oh, I love this song, and I'll play it. But like, I'm not like a Thanksgiving. I mean, a Christmas music person all the year round. No, I, even like person. a week before Christmas, I'll yeah. be like, all right, yeah, let's get in the mood. This is you know, once I travel up for the holidays and things like that, I'm getting all Christmassy yeah. vibes. Especially, I think it depends on where you live. If you're in a place where you can't really feel Christmas around you, it I seems a little weird. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's important that we are giving Thanksgiving music the attention it deserves. We have shared many songs thus far. We started doing this last week. This is part of our 12 Days of Thanksgiving playlist because Thanksgiving music matters too. And the song that we're about to... Sh- yesterday we shared a rap jam... And today we're going R and B. A rap jam. A rap jam. Wow, you're a white lady. You said rap jam, or you said jam. A rap job. I, this is a rap tune. All right. 
Um, no, I'm so very excited you can about bop today. to this. I'm really excited about today's uh, song because it comes from none other than Destiny's Child. Yep, this is a, a favorite of both of ours, I think. I love Destiny's Child. Um, and the song is called Apple Pie a la Mode. Directly about Thanksgiving. We're just going to point that out. You may have noticed in the lyrics, it's about uh, uh, meeting meeting a man and having relations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is a reference to apple pie a la mode. There, which, I mean, is Thanksgiving. And the, th- for a lot the of song people. itself is called Apple Pie a la mode. It so is. When it appears on the playlist, it's going to appear to fit in with everything else. And it it is still in the spirit, and it's a great song. So it's worthy of adding to the Thanksgiving playlist. It's already been added to the Thanksgiving playlist. If you go onto our Twitter account right now, you can. Um, I'm tweeting out the link to uh, join the playlist on Apple Music, and uh, you can check out all the songs that we've had there so far. Great. And now we're about to uh, the next thing on the docket on the show schedule, at least that I'm looking at, is our least favorite things because we've been sharing uh, some of our least favorite things. I know Oprah does her favorite things list every year. We did ours last. Last week, and now we're moving on to our least favorite things because there are plenty of those as well. We're gonna. Um, Emmy's saying you're gonna do that next. Okay. She's trying to move us. All along. right, all right. So we're gonna get into that next. So don't go anywhere because Jared is up next. I am. That's he right. is giving us his least favorite things list. So we will do that as soon as we get back. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared. That's Allie. And joining us on the phone right now is our Tuesday staple. Her name is Dr. Jen Mann. Hey, Dr. Jen. Hey there. So I'm excited about this article that you did this week in your column for InStyle. The question is, how do you know if you're in a toxic relationship? And I always find myself, whenever there's a fight with someone I'm dating, I'm like, oh my God, are we toxic? Is this like a big problem or is this just like an argument? And so you got a a message in from someone um, and it says the following. Dear Dr. Jen. I've been in an on-again, off-again relationship for years. Our fights are super explosive and intense. We tend to go below the belt and say things we regret. I spend way too much time in tears. I know this isn't healthy, but how do I know if this relationship has become, quote, toxic and beyond the point of repair? My goodness. How do you even begin to answer that? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think like you're saying, I think a lot of people relate to this that all relationships have conflict, all relationships have times where we upset, disappoint, hurt our partners, or they upset, disappoint us. But there's a certain line that you don't want to cross. And this person is definitely dabbling on that line, probably on the toxic side of things. Um, And one of the things to, to keep in mind is that 
couples who fight dirty, according to the University of Utah, they did a study and they found that 93% of couples who fight dirty will be divorced within 10 years. Mm. So learning how to fight, because we all do fight, we all have conflict in our relationship is really important. But there are a few things for people to look at when they're trying to really assess, like, is this a healthy relationship or is this a toxic relationship? And the first is, is this person even emotionally available? Just because they're in your bed, just because they sometimes show up for dinner does not mean that someone is emotionally available, that they are showing up for you, that they are giving, that they are loving, that they are present, that they are able to meet your emotional needs and that you are doing the same for them. That's such a good, important point. Right. So, I mean, this does pertain, I mean, it pertains pertains to all parts of the relationship, but specifically when you're fighting with somebody and there's just one area that they will never want to go and then all of a sudden it's like talking to a brick wall, that's when it becomes, starts to become toxic, right? When you can't really make progress with those kinds of things? When you've got someone stonewalling you when they're refusing to answer your questions, they're refusing to have discussions, or they're even just not showing up. You know, it's like I've had people in my practice or on my show, Couple Therapy with Dr. Jen, where one of the partners, they have a conflict, and the other person disappears. Like, people who've been in relationships for years, and they can't even get their partner on the phone to have a conversation about the conflict that happened. That's not someone who's very capable of having an emotionally present relationship. I understand a timeout like, hey, I need a few minutes to calm down. I need even, I need to sleep on this. I'm too upset. This is like, I'm not ready to talk about it. That's cool. But when someone just disappears and goes MIA on you, that is a whole other story. Does this also pertain to deciding what to do as a couple as far as like activities? Like if one person is completely shut off and it's always their way or the highway, is that kind of also in that realm? Absolutely. Or if someone is is like, well, I don't know if I can plan that far in advance. It's one thing when you've been dating a few months and, you know, you haven't established that it's a committed relationship. But it's another thing if you've established you guys are each other's primary partner or you're in a monogamous relationship, if you know, a couple months later, if you're saying like, hey, in a couple months, I really love to take that trip for Christmas. Let's go skiing. And your partner's like, well, I don't know if I can commit or like, oh, that's very far away. Who knows where we'll be? Like, then you've got a problem. If someone is not willing to commit, once you guys have established, like it's the two of us, we're in this together. We're giving this relationship thing a try, but they can't commit. That's a problem. You, uh, I know we have some other points that we want to get to, but how do you? What is a, uh, a couple of like quick ways that you can know if someone is emotionally unavailable? Well, I think that when someone is unwilling to have difficult discussions, when they're unwilling to talk about things from their history, things that are painful, things that are important to you, when they are unwilling to be present, they're unwilling to show up for you, they're unwilling to be at events that are important to you, to support you, when they are unable to talk about conflicts that come up in the relationship, when they are slippery and you just feel like you can't put your finger on it, because sometimes that happens where it's like, You can't quite describe it, but you feel like this person isn't really in it with you. And you've got to listen to your gut on that. You said another toxic deal breaker is addiction or compulsive behavior and an unwillingness to get help. 
Yes. Look, I love people who are clean and sober. I, they are some of my favorite friends. They are some of my favorite clients. Like, I love people who are willing to do the work and work a 12-step program. That is awesome. And that is a great partner after they get past their first year of working a program. But if you have someone in your life who has an addiction, whether it is alcohol, drugs, gambling, sex, pornography, video games, weed, whatever it is, and it is impacting your relationship and they refuse to get help, then you can't go anywhere. Mm. And we all want to be loyal. We want to be good partners. But at a certain point, if someone is caught up in the throes of addiction or compulsive behavior, you have to say, I'm sorry, I can't stand by and watch you self-destruct anymore. And like, this is not for me. I got to go. And sometimes people feel like, oh, well, that's not being a good partner. But actually, sometimes what it does is it helps a person reach rock bottom so they're willing to get help. And if it doesn't, you can't stand by and watch them self-destruct. Yeah. What about uh, addictions or uh, compulsive behavior when it when it might actually benefit you? Like, for example, randomly, Katie will get on these crazy c- cleaning sprees where she's just compulsive about it. And I'm like, OK, but then also the house is clean. You know what? I'm all for that. But if <laughs> Katie were cleaning so much that she wasn't having sex with you, she right. wasn't having conversations with you, she wasn't emotionally available to you, then that would be a whole other problem. Okay, so I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so good. let's take a quick break. When we come back, you've got two more of these um, deal breakers that you just should not ignore. More with Dr. Jen right after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Chatting with Dr. Jen, of course, because it is Tuesday. And we're discussing when you, what are some of the signs that you are in a toxic relationship? And we always love talking to Dr. Jen about, you know, couples and relationship therapy and things like that. We've talked about some of the signs being emotional unavailability and if your partner has an addiction or has a compulsive behavior and is not willing to get help, what are some of the other signs there, Dr. Jen, when you know you're in a toxic relationship? Well, under the umbrella of compulsive behavior is habitual cheating. It's one thing, and understand, I take cheating very seriously. I think it's one of the most destructive, painful things you can do to your partner and that hurts the relationship. That said, sometimes people mess up. And sometimes there are terrible circumstances where people make terrible, painful choices that hurt their relationship. That said, there's a big difference between someone who messes up, they go on a business trip, they had too much to drink, they do something they shouldn't have done, and someone who is a habitual cheater. If you are with someone who is a habitual cheater, you will never be able to trust them. And that is a pattern of hurtful behavior. It is a pattern of poor impulse control and also a lack of honor. And that's not the kind of person you want to be in a relationship with. And don't think that you can cure them or that if they just say, oh, I'm not going to do it again, that that is going to be the answer. Because to solve a problem like that goes far deeper. And it's not just a, oops, I'm sorry. It involves a lot of intensive therapy. It oftentimes involves taking some time alone, not being in a relationship, and kind of dealing with your issues. Okay, question for you, Dr. Jen. In all of your years (laughs) of therapy and all of your experience, how often have you seen a couple come in there, cheating was involved, and then they get over it and they're totally fine? 
I've seen it more than you would think. Really? And, and, and look, how you describe totally fine is maybe different than another couple. You are guaranteed years of pain and agony working through it. But believe it or not, I have seen couples who have come out stronger as a result. Because here's the thing. Cheating does not happen in a bubble. It does not happen in a vacuum. And typically, there is a reason why that happens. And you've heard me talk about that. The number one reason why people cheat, according to a study by M. Gary Newman, who is brilliant, when he looked at cheaters, what he found was that 92 to 93% of the time, the number one reason why people cheated was either because of a lack of emotional connection or a combination of a lack of emotional and sexual connection in a relationship. Mm. And it's very unusual for me to see a relationship where someone cheats where that is not the case. Hmm. So a lot of the time, what happens is the cheating is the symptom of the problem of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that when you can address the symptom of the relationship, when you can address the problem of how do we connect these two people? And obviously it's way harder after someone has cheated and you're hurt and you're angry and it's created a distance in the relationship and trust issues, but it can be done. The last of the the toxic deal breakers in a relationship that you have here, I feel like is is kind of related to habitual cheating or adjacent to it, um, is compulsive lying. Can you talk to us about that? Absolutely. When you, you are with someone who is a compulsive liar and they are deceitful, you cannot trust them. And it is toxic. It, it should be a deal breaker. If you find that someone is consistently lying to a partner of yours, forget about it. You will never be able to trust them. And it, it is time to walk the other way. Hmm. Seems like the commonality between all these four things is that, you know, you're in a toxic relationship when you're just dating a trash human being with no values or respect for their partner. <laughs> you know, that's one way of looking at it. Like, <laughs> not Are they trash? Yes or no? Definitely one way of looking at it. <laughs> Dr. Jen, before we let you go, we were talking about this before we got on the phone with you and wondering, when is the last, what was the last time someone asked you a question and you were like completely stumped? <laughs> we feel like it never happens I with you. I don't think it's happened yet. I've, I've had to look up statistics but, you know, I've been doing this a long time and been writing and researching a long time. But, um, you know, you guys might be the one. You know, <laughs> oh, maybe. And just, just come back next week. Let's see. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just for clarity's sake, too, knowing you're in a toxic relationship and knowing you're in a codependent relationship, two different things, right? Because I'd also like to cover when you know you're in a codependent relationship. Yeah, no, look, I think that that's, that, that is a a great topic as well, because that is a whole other kind of problem. And it involves a lot more work for the person who's codependent than oftentimes people realize. Because when you're codependent, you're very busy people pleasing, you're not taking good care of yourself, you're not having good boundaries. And it's easy to point the finger at the other person and say, you made me do this. And I had to give this up for you and that up for you. But it's important to look at your own behavior and say, what am I doing that is codependent behavior that is 
preventing me from taking good care of myself in this relationship and then pointing the finger at the other person. Well, Dr. Jen, all that knowledge and experience um, and years of work have always um, been really useful for us, and we really appreciate it. All of that experience and knowledge also goes into her book called The Relationship Fix that you can get right now. You can also follow Dr. Jen, ask Dr. Jen um, questions on social media, anywhere at Dr. Jen Man on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Jen Man has two ends on both, and uh, we really appreciate you being here every week. Thanks so much. We'll think of a stumper. (laughs) We'll take a quick break. Exactly. (laughs) I can't wait till next week. (laughs) Bye. More Drop the Subject coming up right after this. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. We had a fascinating chat with Dr. Jen, but enough of that. All right. It's been long enough. (laughs) It's time for you, Jarrett, to share your list of your least favorite things. I know we teased it earlier in the show. We got got way behind because Dr. Jen was on the phone waiting. So I gave my least favorite things list yesterday. It included things like communal seating, resetting passwords, being told I'm out of storage space, and those, nothing worse. And then the, I don't want to bring it up again, but those tiny crew socks that always <laughs> fall off your feet. I know we cannot get into that right now, but will you finally share your list of least favorite things? These are the things that drive me insane. This actually just happened to me yesterday, and it's number one on the list because it's front of mind. Um, I got home, and I had a notification that Amazon had delivered something for me. And I was like, oh, great. Go down to the mailbox. I open it up. I will tell you, I saw the envelope sitting in the, like a, like a flat folded up envelope in my mailbox, completely empty. What? There's a hole in the top of the folder and it's empty. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, where is is it? Is your least favorite thing an empty package or when Amazon screw ups happen? I wrote down Amazon delivery fails. Yes. But I will tell you what I didn't know is I went online on the app to complain and I did not know that like you can go into the chat little thing and it's all completely automated and they were like what's the matter choose a selection what happened choose a selection what would you like to do choose a selection and like in three minutes they'd already refunded me my money oh that's that's good yeah so that yeah okay um over chatty Uber drivers. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, the over talkers. I mean, there are a lot of driver pet peeves that people have, especially if they're like 90 years old and can't see where they're going. But um, a, a chatty Uber driver is potentially one of the worst. And you experience it a lot. I do experience it a lot because I, I ride Uber every day. And I just like sometimes the chat can be good. But usually I'm in the car because I'm coming to work or I'm going to a panel or we always joke that I'm going to a panel or a screening. So I'm usually in the car because I'm going to work, and so I'm, like, reading something. So that can get annoying when it's, like, way too chatty. I'm like, okay, oh, so what do you do? Uh, I work on the radio. Oh, what station? Uh, Oh, okay. And, like, then they have more and more questions. Then you have to explain how to listen to it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Okay. (laughs) Um, Number three is Donald Trump being president. Have you heard about this? Oh. Um, That is definitely one of your least favorite things. Yeah, I I will agree with you on that. Um, number four is playing What the Hell Is That Smell? Anybody played that? You come in the house and you're like, what oh. the hell is that smell? <laughs> you, ha- I actually don't mind that. It's kind of funny. I, <laughs> I, I always call it playing What the Hell Is That Smell? Refrigerator edition, uh, dishwasher edition. Yeah. There's nothing like walking into your house ready to just like put your things down and like, and you're like, what the hell is that smell? Especially when it's something that you know you never ate. 
Oh my god! Right? Or like, like it smells like Brussels sprouts or something, and you're like, I don't have those in my fridge. I didn't eat them. The other day, it was actually the reverse of what the hell is that smell? Negative. It was actually bad that it was positive because I came in and I was like. Has a candle been burning all day? And I'd left the candle burning all day. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm so glad I didn't burn the house down. Yeah, that would have been crappy. That's another least favorite thing is burning yes. your whole house down. Number five on my list is being on an email list. Oh, That I didn't alls? sign up for. <gasps> Between reply alls and, like, getting signed up for, like, marketing emails that I didn't sign up for. Mm infuriating yeah when people share your email address that, I will say I did that once I shared somebody's email address for a free smoothie at a gym but still I, the one that ticked me off the most is I was trying to set up a really big interview with a really big talent I was super excited and I emailed the publicist and I was like hey I'd love to work on this and like they didn't respond to me but they put me into their email list and so then I started getting all the publicity emails about all the publicity Stop that it. talent was doing I literally got one from them today uh, and it's been like a year and they, they're always the ones that make it impossible to unsubscribe. Absolutely. Yeah. I hate that. Okay. I got more of my least favorite things list coming up right after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back. We are in the middle of a really, really important list. Um, <laughs> something that I feel like everyone needs to, to really take note of. I'm doing my least favorite things. Last week we did our favorite things, kind of um, in the tradition of Oprah and her favorite things. We did our favorite things. Um, and now we're in the middle of our least favorite things. I've been going through mine so far. We're halfway through. Number one, Amazon delivery fails. Yeah. And you know what? It's so funny. When you moved on to the next thing, I received a text message saying that my package has been delivered. Hopefully and there's I, something in it. Hopefully there's something in it. But having something be delivered and then you go, and then there's nothing there. This has never happened to me before, but that one yesterday was a first. Uh, chatty Uber drivers or more over chatty Uber drivers than anything else. Donald Trump being president, <laughs> um, playing what the hell is that smell and being on an email list. Number six on my list is kind of related to number five. In that I hate being added to a text thread with people I don't know. Yeah. When I, it's just a bunch of phone 710, numbers. blah, 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 blah. I hate that so much because I don't know who these people are. And I don't like my dad used to give people my phone number all the time. And I'd be Why? like, stop doing that. Like it drove me insane. I just don't. I, I'm really like cautious about sharing people's phone numbers and I want people to be like that with mine and like I will ask the person if it's okay to give give you their number and I, I just hate the anonymous text story. Yeah, I, I would say being added to any group when you don't want to be. Yeah. You know, whether it's email, whether it's a Facebook group. Yeah. When you get a Facebook message to a bunch of random people and then everyone I starts commenting. I hate that. And you're like, I'm not even on Facebook anyway. Oh, okay. I barely remember it's your birthday. <laughs> exactly. I don't even like you people. Yeah. Okay. Um, I We talk about candles all the time too. I hate candles with a bad wick. So, for <laughs> instance, is that like really that specific? That's the gayest thing ever. So I, have like, I hate a candle with a bad ba wick. With a bad wick. It's just me in the drunks. <laughs> so I have this candle at home that I love, but like the can the wick burn weird. Yep. And like there's it's so much candle. Like it's probably six or seven inches of, of like of candle wick, of candle that's left. Yep. And like I can't burn it because the stupid candle wick. And then you have to basically set your singe off your fingers in order to try to light it. It's the Because worst. you're trying to hold the lighter up to it or a match to or, wait for the wick to catch. And it, it never does. That or I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how can I like carve out the candle around <laughs> the wick to make it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. oh, it's so annoying. Okay. Sorry. Get your wicks one. in order, people. Get your wicks in order. Um, okay. I go to a very uppity gym 
part of what I like about the gym is that they have towels. So I don't have to carry towels and always washing a new towel and all that kind of thing. What I don't like about the towels, and Emmy goes to my gym, they the towels there are so hard. Oh, like right? rough? Yes, they're so rough. It's like, what are you washing these in? Gravel? So like, just to catch you up, the last two things on Jared's list were bad wicks and rough towels. I mean, <laughs> I... I what are you trying to... Justin, Justin's having a blast with this. Just, what is it, Justin? Go ahead. just very... At your fancy gym. <laughs> I, listen. Listen, these are problems in my life, okay? I'm I a person. I need a terry cloth. I need a, I need a plush terry... Emmy has the same problem. <laughs> this is probably on your list, right, Emmy? She's just quietly nodding. Right? She's, she's like, mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what okay. else? Um, this is also very, very me, but I hate when... Well, we've had this happen here a lot. I hate when publicists reach out with a guest who's actually not available. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. So we book a show every day, right? And so we'll have publicists send us emails about talent that they want to be on the show or whatever. And we're like, oh, that'd be great. And then they're like, oh, actually, he's not available. Or when they're not even offering the star of the show anyway, they're offering like a person who has like one oh, scene. Exactly. And then that person is still also not available. Oh, he's so busy. Then why are you emailing me? He's in me? New York and he can only do it on the phone for 30 seconds. Last thing I hate is international sizing on online shopping for like clothes. <laughs> I hate the international sizing that does not translate to my American body. It's like, okay. this is not a large. This is a small in China. This has been Jarrett's first world problems. It's least a favorite huge things problem. List. No one should have to deal with these kinds of things. It's ridiculous. We'll be right back. I'm so mad about Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, Allison Johnson, it is time for democracy once again to reign here on Drop the Subject. I think we better be careful with this democracy moving forward. We have the results of that poll, and according, if we follow through, someone's going to get fired soon. I don't it was a fun poll, but right. like we can't do I that. I think we need to talk about this more seriously. Okay. I'm ready. I We have too small a team to fire someone in a okay, game, well, Ellie. You know. Okay. I've got five headlines. We've got five votes. So people will get probably five stories because I'm brilliant. Number one, a six-bedroom New Jersey home is free, but there's one small catch. Oh, it's full of gremlins? <laughs> Breakthrough discovery in plants' DNA may lead to slowing the aging process in humans. Cool. Number three, impeachment inquiry enters... Oh, sorry. Wrong story. <laughs> Swear to God, I put this oh, in the wrong list. It. Right? Um, well, you know what? Actually, sure. Why not? Impeachment inquiry enters most crucial stage with top witnesses on deck. Lose it. <laughs> um, the man whose duvet nearly killed him. <gasps> really crazy story. And then the dictionary.com word of the day is rhapsodic. It's like rhapsody Rhapsodic. Lose it. I want three stories from you. Oh, is this revenge because I gave you four? You're so, (laughs) you're so petty. Well, you lost a Lizzo story. I was not counting on that. I just don't like anyone saying anything bad about Lizzo. (laughs) You're right. I didn't account for that part of it. All right. So that's what's coming up next. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. When 
mic's coming up. The are mics are on. on. The mics are on. They're on now. Oh, hi. Um, I'm Jared. <laughs> this is the radio. Uh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Still around after all these years. Welcome back to News It or Lose It uh, on Drop the Subject. Uh, the first headline is an interesting one. It says a six bedroom. It comes from a website whose name we dare not speak. Ah. Yeah. Uh, it says a six bedroom New Jersey home is free. But there's a serious catch. It says a six-bedroom home in a trendy New Jersey enclave is ready for the right new owners to call it home sweet home. That is, if they have the ambition to move it. In recent weeks, Uh. the Redeemer Church of Montclair announced that the three-story house it owns um, on North Willow Street in, uh, in New Jersey is up for grabs free of charge. The unit is currently being used for church offices and classrooms, and the House of Prayer plans to build a new addition connected to the main church building. To make space for the new construction, the church planned to raise uh, about 30, to literally raise the 3,300 square foot Victorian home. But the idea has prompted an outcry from local preservation officials. Um, So they're supposed to, you know, they're giving away this house, but you got to move it. Okay. I want it. You want it? Yeah. You're going to move it to Calabasas? Yeah. Okay. They did that on the last episode of of, uh, um, Home Improvement. See, I think that people are doing that more. I, you build a, you buy a lot, which I know clear, just the one. That was a sitcom, comp, like that was a that didn't really happen. Oh, in real it life. didn't. It was just a TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, sorry. I think it should really happen. Home Improvement with Tim Allen. Oh, I thought you meant like a new. Like oh a, no! Oh, yeah, like no. A, any home other Home Improvement show? Yeah, like they oh, lived in Detroit. They actually and she did got that on the show in like Pittsburgh or something, and they were like, actually. She was like, I just don't want to leave the house, and I love it so much. And he was like, oh. <laughs> And then cut to the house, like on the back of a truck, right. and they moved it. I pitch a new segment of Jared just giving plot synopsises <laughs> of Home Improvement episodes because that was fascinating. I loved Home Improvement. It was such a good show. It was a great show. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Jonathan Taylor Thomas would be on my list of who I'd go straight for. I would go straight for Jonathan Taylor Thomas, too. Uh, we, that doesn't... All right. Sorry. Anyway. Um, uh, the senior pastor, Daniel Ying, said the Historic Preservation Committee in town asked if we could make the house available to someone who wanted it. Um, if they would pay to move it before we demolished it. Um, apparently, um, they are acknowledging that the project is a serious undertaking, as the new owner also would have to temporarily relocate the power lines hooked up to the three-story home That sounds when moving dangerous. It. My God, right? Okay. Um, they say that's just as big of an obstacle as the cost. Well, no. Um, exact numbers remain unclear, um, but Realtor.com estimates that the total cost can range from $15,000 to $200,000 to relocate right. it. That's quite a big window. Well, since I would be taking it across the whole country i would imagine that i would be in the realm of fifteen thousand dollars so That's i'm just not how going math works but okay <laughs> but i know somebody at u-haul all i gotta do is just get a few cable ties drag it it'll make i'll make it happen okay i mean i've always wanted a victorian house and there is a vacant lot overlooking the beach that katie and i walk by all the time and we're like i want to buy that lot and put a house on it let's be honest this house isn't cute enough for that really it's just not I mean, it's see. just, it's like an old oh, yellow it's, Victorian no, home. All right, no, no, we're there. Oh, wow, you just, you just completely took, uh, rescinded your offer. Yeah, I don't care. Got Not it. worth my 15000 No, thank you. Well, the thing is, though, it is a six-bedroom home with two and a half bathrooms. What? 
Six bedrooms and two and a half bathrooms? Yeah, that that's sucks. awful. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was built in 1910. That's more awful than scratchy towels. Exactly. Um, they say uh, it was built in 1910, according to property records. Um, the Montclair residents may be wondering whether or not history will repeat itself on the heels of the July demolition of the Aubrey Lewis house. We all remember that. Oh, of course. Um, in 2017, the historic 4,000 square foot Victorian era mansion similarly hit the market for 10 bucks. Wow. But the new owner had to be willing to move it. There were no takers in the stunning property was ultimately demolished this summer oh, to make way for new construction. How sad. The new house is cute, though. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, more news that'll lose it coming up after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, Allie, we're in News It or Lose It, and this headline is pretty exciting, especially for folks that are always thinking about aging or being anti-aging. The headline says, Breakthrough discovery in plants' DNA may lead to slowing the aging process in humans. All right, let's find out what the next Beverly Hills crack is. (laughs) They say science has identified in the plant kingdom the missing link of cellular immortality between (laughs) human and single-celled animals. Um, One of the doctors that was working on this says, this is the first time we've identified the detailed structure of the telomerase component from plants, which we are always talking about that. Sure, yeah, we are. Uh, That and that other lady's house. This comes from Dr. (laughs) Julian Chen, um, a professor of biochemistry at Arizona State. They say the study was published on Monday, um, and the telomerase is the enzyme that creates the DNA of telomeres, the compound um, structure that is located at the tips of our chromosomes. Oh, Te- preaching to the choir here, Jared. Of course, right of course. Along I, there this with is you. for the listeners because I know you know Got all it. this. Um, telomeres protect our cells from aging as they multiply. Um, the doctor says, so in terms of fundamental research, this is a really big breakthrough because now we finally um, have a way to study telomeres in plants and to understand how different or similar they are from animals. The question in this article says, could the discovery possibly lead to humans one day living as long as fabled Methuselah in the Bible? Because you remember she was like 5,000 years old or something like that. Oh, um, they no, say possibly. don't recall that. You don't remember Methuselah in the Bible? I don't remember the Bible. Okay. Nope. There's that. Um, it says, <laughs> uh, Dr. Chen says, this is really basic research. The application to humans is a really long way away. So it's probably not going to help with wrinkles um, in our lifetimes. But they say, in the meantime, experts at the University of California's uh, San Francisco University of California at San Francisco um, are bullish. Blackburn, um, who is uh, Elizabeth Blackburn, is one of the professors there, um, won a Nobel Prize in 2009 saying that um, for discoveries on the telomerase, telomerase, Telomeris and telomerase. Uh, am I saying that right? Because I, I know you work uh, on this. Yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah. Telomerase. You're right. Um, so they're they're working on figuring out how to use this for humans. Okay. Well, I can't wait for the cellular immortality shake to be at every acai bowl place in <laughs> right. Los Angeles County Did you and say beyond. Acai. Yeah. Acai. Acai. Wait. Earlier, you said GIF when we were having a conversation. Uh, that was off the people. air. Yeah. I, I say GIF. It's GIF. It's GIF. It's not GIF. It is GIF. No. It is. No, a gift is something you give to somebody for Christmas. Now you sound like Chris okay. Contreras. <laughs> Did next... you just call me an Android user? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Sick sorry. man. That's not what I meant to do. Don't, please don't get me fired. No, but I also am like, I understand it's cool that she won a Nobel Prize for this study and everything like that, but should we be figuring out immortality right now? Like, should we... Do we need to live forever? Do we? Listen, I feel I, like at 90, I'm going to be so tired. I always think that, too. I, my grandparents live to be 93 and 85, and I was like, ooh, do I want to be that old? And I, I live know. my life based on death becomes her. 
They live forever, and they the are not happy. Stomach? Yes, they <laughs> live. <laughs> well, I do have a giant hole in my stomach. Well, there's a, uh, okay. no. It's in my heart. No. Oh. Um, but they live. They they take a potion to live forever, and they regret it. They regret yeah, it, Jared. I don't know how old I really want to be. I don't either. My grandma, when she turned like eighty-seven, she was like, "Well." <laughs> I'm probably going to go soon. And we were like, what? You're... And then she lived to be 94. Oh. But even starting at 87, we were like, because her dog died. We were like, get another dog. And she was like, no, I think I'm done pretty soon here. Wow. And we were like, what? She uh, was like, I'm going to start the slow march. Yeah, I think she was just kind of like, over it. Well, I mean, last night I did text my friends about the song I went and played at my funeral. I told yeah. you guys about the Janet Jackson thing That's from true. last night. So there's that. Okay. This other CNN article comes from CNN Health. It says the man whose duvet nearly killed him, how this medical mystery was solved. Oh, I so, say duvet. Don't be one of those. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, the <laughs> symptoms, they say the symptoms came on quickly. First, it was hard to breathe, then dizzy spells caused by any amount of exertion. Two months after the onset of the symptoms, the man says he was unable to stand or walk for more than a few minutes at a time without feeling like he was going to pass out. This is 43-year-old Martin Taylor um, in Scotland. Um, he says going upstairs to bed was a 30-minute activity as he could only manage two stairs at a time and then needed to sit and rest. Four doctors... I would just stay downstairs. Like, yeah, take why a nap, just, go to sleep on yeah, the couch. Why do you need to go upstairs? Four doctors failed to find the cause, which was extremely distressing, he wrote, saying um, he'd never smoked with his failing... He had never been a smoker. With his failing health, he stayed home from work and spent most of his days and nights asleep. Taylor didn't know at the time that he was suffering from hypersensitive, hypersensitivity pneumonitis which really is really picking stories that you're know, great at right? pronouncing aren't you Jesus the producers didn't even put a pronouncer in here how am I supposed to know what that <laughs> word is ah. um, a disease in which uh, lungs become inflamed as a result of an allergic reaction apparently he had a down a down duvet cover that he was allergic to and it so was slowly he, killing him he was allergic to down he was allergic to down yeah I have a down allergy he y- yeah so that's basically. a new allergy that people have uh, yeah that did not exist 10 years ago. I'm sure it did. So who, like, is there any other person on this planet who has a down allergy? Well, pe- I would that's like why to know. there's plenty of people who use down alternative. I don't think it's quite this bad, but like, yeah, that's a thing. So his down, but how many nights was he sleeping? Was this over a period of years? Was this one night with the duvet? Um, it was a, it's a feather duvet lung disease. They say bird allergies are not uncommon, often called bird fanciers asthma. <laughs> I love fanciers. Um, <laughs> symptoms can range from wheezy cough, runny nose, and eye irritation to asthma to more serious complications such as Taylor's. People with allergies are, are more at risk when bird cages or lofts are cleaned out and during the time of year when birds molt and shed their feathers. Hmm. Um, it says feather duvet lung disease is a subset of bird fanciers' asthma, and it's difficult to diagnose because of its rarity and the wide variety of timing and of symptoms. Well, someone who says, I'm sorry, I can't come over, I have feather duvet disease... I would laugh in their face and th- call them a liar. But now I can't because you have like brought very, me this amazing story. It for feels like a very it. uppity thing to have. I'm sorry. I'm allergic to feather duvets. I have a feather duvet lung disease. Yeah, I've never been a smoker, but it's the feather. It's the down. 
It gives me, uh, it makes me wheeze. Well, they say, well, studies have not um, always supported the use of steroids. In this situation, they were successful, especially since Taylor was also um, removed from the feather bedding. They say the the steroids, which were prescribed after his diagnosis, um, had a transformative effect. Within two days, he was doing a lot better. Wow. Well, thank God. I'm very happy that he survived. I know that this was a big concern for you. I can't wait to see him on that episode of I Survived on A&E. It's going to be really, really thrilling. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Jarrett, before we get out of here, I had something I wanted to talk to you about. Uh Uh-oh. Well, no, it's not It's not anything bad. Uh, all therapists will tell you when you want to talk to your partner, never start it off by saying, I want to talk to you about something. Oh, God. <laughs> no way. I have something to tell you. Oh, yeah. That's even worse. Ooh, girl. Yeah. yeah. I think I, the last time I did that to Katie, it was like that we were out of some kind of sauce. And she was like, and oh, my God. she was like, don't ever do that to me. <laughs> no, this is something I wanted to talk to you about because I'm interested into whether you would want to to I, I'm interested in whether you'd be into this. Just okay. just take a listen. A new trend sweeping the nation, a bar without booze. After a huge increase in the amount of alcohol Americans were downing, now there's a shift happening at home and at the bar. Research conducted by the beer company Heineken found nearly 30% of 21 to 25-year-olds haven't had a beer in the past month. So there is now a growing trend of sober bars where people are going there's a whole menu there's a bunch of drinks that are fancy that are sweet and nobody is drinking actual alcohol I'm actually into this I thought I kind of thought that you would be because you're not a big drinker well I'm not a big drinker but I also hate the taste of beer so like when I do drink love beer when I do drink it's always like something that's tasty my not drinking is it's not that I don't drink it's more so that I um, don't enjoy the feeling of being drunk it just makes me sleepy um, like the more I drink, the more tired I get. So I I only tend to enjoy like that first buzz, mm. and I can like sustain that. But like getting anything past that just makes me sleepy. But like, listen to this because I want to see if you would actually take a date here. Prompting businesses to embrace what's called the mocktail revolution. What's your drink of choice? I like pina coladas. Okay, well, <laughs> basic. Rum and coke. My drink of choice is Jack and Coke, baby. So I don't know how you substitute that one, but I, I mean, think there are some other ones. Yeah, I like a pina colada and I like a, a, a Jack and Coke. Mm-hmm. But there's now a new trend where alcohol is out and sobriety is in. Oh, so- that's what sobriety uh, sounds like, by the way, just for anyone who's <laughs> unclear. That is sobriety is those three popping noises. Uber- bars are popping up in cities all across the country, allowing people to socialize in a bar-like atmosphere without the booze. Mocktails are replacing cocktails. Normally, I'll just do soda water and uh, and orange juice. Looks like a mimosa. I'll put it in a, in a champagne flute. Bartenders are stepping up their mocktail game with drinks like blueberry ginger cooler, the raspberry lemon mojito, and the grapefruit kombucha agua fresca. See, I'm I'm actually totally here for this because so I have plenty of friends who are like, drink, have another drink, or have another drink, and I'm like, why do I have to drink for you to have a good time? Like after I've had one or two, I'm like, I'm I'm actually good. And I feel like this would be the great alternative to where it's like, I don't necessarily need another drink, but I also want to continue being social. Well, we talked to Dr. Jen earlier on the show, and she said that some of her favorite people in her life are sober people, people yeah. who just don't drink. And, yeah. you know, I do think that to some degree, I mean, I am a, I drink, I don't drink 
too heavily, but I okay. I'm not playing into the whole I'm an, I'm an, I'm a drunk mentality or narrative that's being painted. I hope you guys at home could hear Ginger Justin or wherever you're listening. Ginger Justin, oh we know. Oh we know. Okay, I don't have a drinking problem. All right. My Instagram story would stay, uh, say otherwise, oh, but man. I do enjoy drinking, but there are some times when we go out and I'm, I don't really want to get super drunk. Smashed, so yeah. and I'm just like, I feel like that's the mission. So on, I feel like so many activities that in America are centered around drinking. Sure. So it'd be nice to have some evening where you go and do something where it's not based on alcohol. Yeah, and it's also got to be cheaper too. Like I'm oh. sure you save a lot of money with mocktails. But then you don't I don't know because I don't want to pay 13 bucks for a grapefruit kombucha. Well, I'm sure like they've got to be less expensive, right? I would hope so, yeah. but you oh. never know with this trendy f- crap. If I'm paying $14 for half an ounce of orange juice and some soda water. And a water, fake mimosa. I'm going to be ready to flip the table. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but I also wonder, and we'll listen to the rest of this. Hold on. These are for people that want to look like they're drinking, but don't want to, you know, they just, they want to fit in. People are, they don't want to be questioned. One potential cause for the Actually, decline in it's not necessarily for me about wanting to look like I'm drinking because I'm not lying. It's more about like I want to be able to be in the social environment, but like I don't necessarily care about having a drink right now. Well, like, why does this guy feel like he has to carry something that looks like a mimosa? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, especially sober people, they might want to. I I know a friend of mine who's sober, and she likes to hold. She likes to drink those non-alcoholic beers because sure. it tastes like a beer it looks like you're drinking a beer but you know what i can't wait for bachelorette parties to go bar hopping and then accidentally walk into this place and they are gonna be ticked and they're gonna no i don't even think they'll notice oh they're just gonna oh because they'll be you like, feel like a round of buttered nipples and they'll be like <laughs> all right and they'll do it and they'll be like i'm wasted oh and they God. had no idea I that never they're drinking about, not alcohol i never thought about being like performatively drunk yeah. right? like just wanting to be drunk and like feel really fake oh my god that's so interesting i wonder how <gasps> drunky people are gonna act in this we bar should totally prank that for people <laughs> yeah and then give everybody but like beer, cocktails, yeah. everything, and all of its placebo, and see how drunk everyone gets. Oh my god, I love this idea! All right, uh, so that's we'll put that one in the books. Happy endings coming up. I'm totally thinking about this. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Allie. Yes, Jarrett. It's about that time. Yeah, it's time that we say goodbye, which is sad times, but you know what's good times? It's so hard to say goodbye. Are you Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's very... <laughs> All right. Uh, this time of the show, we take something that might have been a little bit about bummer town, and we put a silver lining on it, and we give you something positive to take into the rest of your day. Ginger Justin, would you like to go first? You've been so quiet today. Sure, thank you. Ginger Justin, before you do that... <clears throat> It's the end of the show, so we're supposed to give you the way that I wanted to end the show tonight with Janet Jackson. So wait, is that your happy ending? You're gonna have to play the music while we go through happy endings. Oh, yeah, because this is the finale of the show today. I see. Hello. Wait, is this your happy ending? Kind of. Okay. Eventually. All right. Let's go. Let's let this happen. Here we go. This is from <laughs> Janet live in Hawaii. You're welcome. This is Janet Jackson live, live in Hawaii. Hawaii All right. Go ahead, Justin. What's your happy ending? I don't know. I follow that up. Yeah. <laughs> you can't follow up Janet Jackson. 
Uh, we may have heard Jared's least favorite things and assumed that he has first world problems with his fancy gym towels. I hate you. But turns out he just has a down allergy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well played. Because the man had a down allergy. Okay, that's that next. Kill- next. Uh, <laughs> all right. My happy ending is as follows. Sure, your duvet may be killing you. Oh, my God. But it's not as bad as a scratchy towel. (laughs) Are you serious? But the real question is, are you a good wick or are you a bad wick? I hate all of you people. Because that's the other worst thing ever is a bad wick. What's funny is my happy ending is also kind of similar. It is? It says, I may have mixed emotions after triggering the hell out of myself with all of my least favorite things. (laughs) But I'm looking at the bright side, and I have a woman at home waiting for me that I'm going straight for. And her name is Janet Jackson. And her name is 2002 Janet Jackson. (laughs) It's 2002 specifically. 2002 Janet Jackson in Hawaii, wearing tight jeans and a crop top. So if this is your first, if you're just now tuning in, you've missed quite a bit. You have to catch up on the podcast, drop the subject wherever you find your podcast. Uh, This is a song that Jared Hill listens to at least four times at a stretch. Can't listen to one. It's whenever I watch the the concert, like it just makes me so happy. And it makes me a little sad at the end because it's over. Because the concert's over, and she she turns around, looks at the crowd, and waves goodnight. Yeah. And says mahalo. And you know what? You might be happy that this show is ending right now. <laughs> you might be. You might be. Or maybe I know I am. <laughs> Justin is. But the good news, the real happy ending, is that we will be back tomorrow for a brand new live show. And a gay AMA, all kinds of good stuff there. I believe more people are testifying. More people are testifying. We've got uh, two people that are still in the stand right now. Total of nine all week. All that's going to be happening. And uh, Janet Jackson. I love Janet. Just being like, get in! <laughs> all right. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. On the next. On the next. Drop the subject. Tomorrow, we're talking about designer babies. It seems to be a growing trend to pick the genetic traits of your own baby. Jarrett, if you could design our show for tomorrow, what would you put in there? Hmm. Well, there'd be a ton of me, uh-huh. a whole lot of gay MA where I can ask any question I want, mm-hmm. and then some impeachment updates, because that'll be happening, too. Okay. Am I in there anywhere? Or? Ooh. Uh, it's a no for me, dog. Drop the subject, 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern, on the new Channel Q.